Hello everyone and welcome to a 99 Yards podcast. I'm your host Duncan Terry and this week I'm joined by Ollie Hodgkinson, Adam Barton and special guest from the Tyler and Eli Fantasy Tips podcast, Tyler Belosky. How's things guys? Yeah, all good. Cheers, Dunk. Um, this is the sort of first real night with any sleep since the start of the season. I look back on Thursday night. So, yeah, looking good, feeling good, ready to go. Yeah, I'm all good in a uh, Ravens t-shirt to celebrate the win on uh, Sunday and looking forward to, to week two. Yeah, all good is across the pond over here from the United States, uh, upstate New York, and I'm ready to go with you guys. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> we're, we're all pumped. Uh, this week we've uh, we've been enjoying week one. Very happy that the NFL's back. The defending champs have picked up where they left off. The number one pick in the draft has shown what he can do uh, by mounting a serious comeback. And uh, the highly anticipated Browns fell flat on their face. But let's talk about the teams that uh, that we've been enjoying taking notice of over week one. Adam, do you want to kick off? Who caught your eye? Yeah, uh, well, obviously the the teams that have got have, uh, the one uh, on Sunday have got their their hype and praise and, and overreaction Monday, as uh, Rich Eisen calls it. But uh, one of the teams that caught my eye was the uh, the Bengals, who ran the uh, the Seahawks very close. They the obviously it was only a one point game in the end. Dalton threw for 418 yards, but did did have a couple uh, fumbles and five sacks, I think. But the the Bengals looked very good, and with the with the Browns struggling uh, last uh, on Sunday, it raises the question whether it is is genuinely a four team division in the AFC North. Do you know, I was I was uh, of course I was watching that game as a Seahawks fan. I watched it all, and uh, I was so disappointed to see all the usual Seahawks mistakes. But absolute credit to the Bengals; they looked really good. I think Dalton obviously got his his records, his his uh, completions and yardage record. Um, but on defence, you know, it's all the old names. You've got uh, Dan Lapp and Atkins and Vigil. Um, on offence, you've got all these new names. You've got Boyd, who who came out last year, and uh, Ross is finally filling some potential. And, and uh, Damian Willis, they're really not missing green. So I was really encouraged by the Bengals. I was really surprised. Yeah, the uh, the big thing, the big concern for them was that they didn't capitalise on it. They nearly doubled the Seahawks in yardage and uh, ended up obviously only coming away with 20 points. Uh, so they'll need to work on that for next week. Absolutely. Tyler, who, uh, who's caught your eye? Oh, there's a handful, but I, I was really impressed with Washington and the Redskins. I mean, the way they came out, Case Keenum, I mean, who saw that coming? Uh, he had, you know, 300 plus yards, I believe, but who would have saw him coming out like that? Uh, Vernon Davis with a touchdown, you know, in, in honor of his grandfather passing away. But yeah, Washington uh, caught my eye. Uh, they didn't win, but you know what? They did a great job. And then another one would be Houston. Obviously, they they took uh, New Orleans to the house. Unfortunately, they lost. But my one concern with Houston is that offensive line. If they don't straighten that up, Deshaun Watson's going to get killed out there. And uh, they better have a pretty good backup coming in because they got to straighten up that offensive line. Yeah, I thought the same about Washington. I didn't feel as down on them preseason as, uh, as as most seem to but uh, I mean Terry McLaurin looks like a finder Olive you study so much college play you know could you tell us anything about him yeah I mean we, we spoke about this um, today we're, we're running a series of polls for um, various different week one awards and and for the offensive rookie of the week for week one I, I put Terry McLaurin in there as um, as one of the, the four options on the poll because he's a third round pick um coming out of Ohio State. Um, 
not with the same hype as some of some of the other guys, and um, to, to come in and have the game that he had is um, just just a surprise, I think, compared to some of the other guys. I know Adam, um, as a big Ravens fan, was looking at Hollywood Brown, and for sure he had a great game. But they're the sort of games you expect from a guy who's a first round pick um, with a lot of hype and a lot of, uh, of, of ability, clearly. And, and Terry McLaurin kind of made his way through some of the all-star games of college football um, really put on great shows there and, and to come in and his debut for, for Washington and, and show the potential that he did um, was, I think, A, a surprise, but B, it was great to see. I would say that Ravens fans aren't used to first-round wide receivers uh, performing, <laughs> certainly straight from the start, looking at Brashad Perriman as the last one. <laughs> yeah, true, very true. I'll tell you what, though. I'll take the kid from Washington before Hollywood. I mean, I like Hollywood, but I think the kid from Washington is going to be more consistent with his seven to eight catches a game where Hollywood's going to get you the big yards and the long, deep bombs. But if that kid from Washington can um, can keep it going steady week in, week out, he may be a, a weekly starter by the end of the year. Yeah. And, you know, in, in case Keenum being a veteran, he's been in the league for who knows how long, 80 years it seems like. He, you know, he has that veteran presence where Lamar Jackson's only second year. Um, so I, I like the kid from Washington a little bit better, more consistent wise, hopefully. I mean, it is Washington. They don't have a running back now that Geist went down, even though Peterson will be back next week. But Washington, keep him, keep uh, Case Keenum upright. And then he, he may be putting up some numbers this year. The thing Good is question. with that as well, the thing is with that as well is obviously it's a, a double thing with Washington. So he either gets Case Keenum as an experienced quarterback in the NFL, or he gets Dwayne Haskins, who he, was his quarterback at Ohio State. So um, it's kind of a win-win situation for McLaurin there. Exactly. And and for Dynasty Leagues, it's going to be a great one-two punch in the next three, four years down the road. So I would, you know, with Lamar Jackson, you know, he's a quote-unquote running running back, a running quarterback, then uh, he could be down. You know, he could be the next RG3 or the next Cam Newton injured every other day, every, every game. Moving on, Ollie, uh, who, who's, uh, which teams have caught your eye this week? Um, lots of great performances, obviously, this week. Lots of um, big scoring. You know, you look at Dallas turning over the Giants by a considerable margin. Titans turning over the Browns. The Patriots turning over the Steelers. But a team that have caught my eye this week is the Oakland Raiders. They've had such a turbulent few weeks with the whole Antonio Brown saga. They've had the hard knocks cameras there throughout the preseason and they came out on Monday night against the Broncos and the atmosphere in Oakland was absolutely buzzing from the telly. Obviously I wasn't there myself but on the TV. It sounded absolutely pumping in, uh, in Oakland. They came out, Derek Carr just chucked it all over the park like it was 2016 again um, Josh Jacobs, he came out, put 85 yards and two touchdowns and leaping into the end zone for a touchdown, just showing some grit and, and determination and passion on there. The O-line, so maligned last year, seems so much more improved. You know, you're going up against the Denver Broncos defense, which has got some of the, the greatest pass rushers in the league in Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb and no sacks for Carr. And then on the flip side, the defence last year in Oakland couldn't get to the quarterback, 13 sacks all year, and then, boom, Monday night, three sacks. Um, just an all-round performance from a team that have had a turbulent last few weeks, and you just think, 
it was great to see him go out there and put that behind him and, and sort of who's Antonio Brown at the end of the day. I think the best thing for the Raiders is to almost have a, a bit of a, an, an anonymous season. Uh, obviously, they had all, the, as you say, all the Antonio Brown hype, and you're always going to get a lot of attention when there's John, when you've got John Gruden um, on the sideline. But they they just need a solid eight and eight season to build on, find find the young talent on the on the team. It's unlikely they're going to challenge for the division with with the Chargers and Chiefs there, uh, but you never know with with the Chargers injury luck and and the Chiefs missing Tyreek Hill. But I, I think they don't want to be too flashy this year and just sort of build uh, ahead of uh, ahead of Vegas rather than it going very sour and and them having a two and fourteen season before they go into Vegas next year. Yeah, it seems they're almost playing with house money. You know, it's just like let's you know, like you said, get a vanilla season eight and eight, seven and nine. And then uh, get to Vegas and blow it up, and you know get get to the playoffs. Yeah, I I like that Oakland pick. That was a good pick. I guess my only concern with the Raiders is that they went out there with an obvious point to prove chip on their shoulder. Would it be the same week to week, you know, or was it one off? I, 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 I guess. I think the thing with that is, you know, it's we're only three years removed from them making the playoffs, and they got to the playoffs on the back of protecting Derek Carr of having a solid running game um, and, and making plays on defence. Now, they've shown all three of those on Monday night. Yeah. And yes, the division is super tough. You know, the Chargers and the, and the Chiefs, they're going to be there with 12, 13 wins and that makes making the playoffs tough. So yeah, there's probably not going to be that sort of year. But, you know, it's only the, the odd game here and there that they need to swing against those two and it's an entirely different division. Yeah, and the Chargers just get more and more injured, don't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every year yeah. there's there's something bad on the Chargers, and it seems to be coming in spades for them this year. Uh, for, for myself, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm picking out the Colts. They've just lost Andrew Luck right in the last minute. Uh, had to replace him with uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, but they're just so strong in every area, particularly in the O-line, uh, where they're able to protect him, keep him up, keep him on his feet, you know, giving those extra moments to make the plays. They they got strong running game. Marlo, you know, Mac is is just I think he's a bit better than than he gets credit for. And then on defense, you know, that just they got some real players. And Hooker looks like he might be an absolute star. Leonard probably already is. And uh, even people coming through like uh, Toure, Toure. I, I don't know how he pronounces his name. Defensive end. Uh, they're all looking really good. And I think you know the the loss of luck will be sort of. A, I mean, it's going to be huge, but it's going to be not as huge just because the rest of the team's so strong. I was really impressed by them. It could be a bit of a tortoise and hare division with the uh, the explosive Texans against the Colts, and I, th- I think the Titans take take on a bit of the the tortoise tag uh, as well. I don't know who's going to win that division. Yeah, I think it's wide open now that Luck is gone. I, 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 I'm heavy on the tight uh, Texans now, but I'll tell you what, the Tennessee Titans they look really good, and I was never a big Derrick Henry fan, but he proved a lot to me this past uh, week where uh, last season he had the four games he had, he blew it out. But I needed more than that. But this week, number five, I, I'm starting to get on that Henry board. And Tennessee is looking strong. The defense is looking great. Had a pick six against Baker. Yeah, that one's still up in the air. It's going to be an entertaining division for sure. I, I can see that one going to the wire. Um, so, Tyler, um, obviously, I hope you're enjoying being on. Would you uh, tell our listeners who you are and about your podcast? You know, where, where can people find you? 
Yeah, I'm uh, Tyler Belosky. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Belosky, T-Y-L-E-R-B-E-L-A-W-S-K-E. Uh, I live up in upstate New York, right on Lake Ontario. Uh, I do a podcast with my 12-year-old son. This is our fourth season now, so he started when he was eight. Uh, This year, we're going to do it a little different. We're going to go live either Saturday night or Sunday morning just to do our sit starts of the week and break down a game or two for the coming Sunday. Uh, I got a new job, so my schedule is going to be all over the place. But in the past, we used to be on uh, I, um, YouTube, and uh, this year we started doing Anchor, or the Anchor format. But now we're going to go live 20 minutes. If you have any questions, you can jump on live on Twitter, ask us there. And uh, he was at one of those kids where he woke up, and instead of watching cartoons, he'd jump on ESPN, write down all the stats, watch all the highlights, even at the young age of like four or five. And then he just rolled it over to our podcast. And he's 12, but the industry loves him. The industry thinks he knows what he's talking about. Uh, he gets more compliments than I do. So <laughs> he, he knows what he's talking about, even though he's 12 years old. He he knows how to how to bring it. Um, yeah, so find us live Sunday. This Sunday morning will be on about 10, 1030 on Twitter. So if you have questions, let's let us know and we'll answer them the best we can. That's awesome. That sounds, sounds absolute quality. Um, everyone, make sure you go and check that out. So with that, let's go around the room again. Uh, and so, Vane, tell us about any players that caught your eye. Um, if I start with you, Ollie, I know you have someone special lined up for us. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, why not? So the quarterback position, as everyone knows, is the glamour position in the MNFL. They're the guys making the most money. And let's talk about rookie quarterbacks. So, the guy who caught my eye this week, rookie quarterback, you might be thinking, number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. No. There's a number of rookie quarterbacks in the league this year. Only one of them's come in to the Jacksonville Jaguars as a six-round pick. Come in for Nick Foles, who's getting paid big money to be in Jacksonville. And, and made an impression on me, let's put it that way. So, gone the Minshew. Um Nick Foles went down, as everyone knows, um, injured. And Minshew, a six-round pick. Um, preseason, not exactly impressive in preseason. Had his head pretty much taken off in, in one preseason game. I can't remember off the top of my head who that was against. But um, he really made an impression, I think, on um, on well Sunday night, as it is here, Sunday late evening. Um, he was a six-round pick out of Washington State, um, where... To be fair, in 2018, absolutely put yards all over the board. Washington State will run one of those offences in college football that is just pass-happy. Um, and, and Gardner Minshew certainly made the most of that in 2018 there. He's over 30, um, 38 touchdowns, nearly 5,000 yards that he put up for Washington State. But a lot of question marks how that would translate into the uh, into the NFL. And for that reason, he only went in the sixth round. Um Questions like, what's his arm strength like? Um, questions about his size. At 6'1", he's not the smallest quarterback in the world by any means, but he's also not the tallest. And, and a lot of those question marks meant that he fell all the way down and he looked like probably a career backup. But he made such an impression on Sunday night. Um, 22 or 25 passes, 88% completion for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, the Jags didn't get the win. Um, but playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they're, they're going to be the team that everyone thinks will win the Super Bowl. So to come in and have a game like that against them, got to give Jacksonville some hope there. You know, when Nick Foles goes down, you're thinking, that's it, we're probably done for the season if that's a serious injury. But there's no reason why they can't win with Gardner Minshew at the helm. 
Um, so he's my guy that's caught my eye this week. In um, where he was playing for Washington State, that's uh, a very very college. Uh, you know, forgive the the. the you know, it's a very college offense, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, the air raid. It's 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 all deep passes and and stunts and things. Is is that right? Is that fair? Yeah. Well, it, you know, it, it is the air raid offense. It is very pass happy. They didn't have much of a running game in Washington State, and and he was a transfer there. That was his first year there. He was um, he was a quarterback, well, a backup quarterback really at East Carolina. Um, he fashioned a, a way out of East Carolina. Um, in the transfer portal, well, what you know, it's now known as the transfer portal, but he made uh, the transfer from East, Eastern Carolina. Um, some murkiness around that um, sort of gave the excuse as a, as a family um, matter, but then kind of moved to Washington, which was nowhere near family. Um, essentially, he was he was just going to be the backup there with no chance of a, of a progression probably into the NFL. So he carved the way out of there. He made a name for himself at Washington State, led college football in passing yards in 2018. Um, and now here we are. And he's an intriguing character, you know, mustachioed Marvel, um, a real sort of almost like a Baker Mayfield-esque um, character um, off the field and, and a leader on it as well. So it could be interesting to watch him going forward to the next few games. Certainly they're going to be missing foals. Um, for a good chunk of the season. Um, so he, it's kind of his to lose, even though they've traded for, for Josh Dobbs. Uh, he's one I'm definitely excited to watch. That could be a very interesting offense as it develops. Um, Adam, who do you, who caught your eye? For me, it was uh, someone very linked to uh, Gardner Mishu. It was uh, DJ Chark, who uh, really performed. He had four four targets on Sunday and came away with four receptions for 146 yards. To put that in comparison, last year he played, uh, I think it was 11, 12 games and only had 170 yards for the whole season. So he's uh, he's really come out come out quick out of the traps. Um, he got his first touchdown as well, um, and I think he could really break out and become a starter for the for the Jags. Um, and might be a good. We were talking about a good um, rookie combination or or young combination in Washington. Maybe Jacksonville have have found their. Uh, their problem at receiver to replace Alan Robinson. I tell you, what, I spoke to him uh, in in the summer of the day in Tottenham, and uh, obviously he's like the latest wide receivers come out of LSU, where where, where Landry come from, where, where uh, Odell Beckham is from, um, and he was really positive about how much wide receivers really come into their own in their second year. So yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm really glad it's working out. You know, hopefully working out. It's only one game so far, but I'm yeah I'm excited to watch him as well. I think I think we tune in to Jacksonville this year. Yeah, <laughs> like you, I, I had a brief conversation with him. I, I asked him how um, how he planned on celebrating his first touchdown, and uh, I didn't expect him to get it quite so quickly. But he's uh, he's already had the opportunity. Was he true to his word? <laughs> he, he said he had things planned, but he didn't want to get uh, build too much into the hype. So I, I think he dodged the question quite well, to <laughs> be fair. Tyler, who have uh, who have you got your eye on since the weekend? Uh, surprisingly, and I'm not a fan of him, but Dak Prescott. I mean, he threw up 405 yards, four touchdowns. Now, granted, it was against the Swiss cheese secondary of the, the New York Giants. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I can say that. Mm-hmm. But this may be his year. I mean, he's got Washington next week. But he gave us he gave us three top 24 wide receivers this week with Gallup, uh, Cooper, and Cobb. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I and mean, you got old man Witten and then the, other, the backup tight end there also. 
I, I was really impressed. I mean, he's never been that great of a guy, fantasy player, for the last couple of years. But this year, this may be his breakout season for fantasy and even maybe push for that MVP award. And I hate to say it being a, a Giants fan, but Dak really surprised me. Again, I think a little of that is on the Giants defense who couldn't cover anyone. I think the, the four of us could get those that many yards, too, running against them. But, um, yeah, Dak Prescott was really impressive. And then just one more. The, the two old guys, Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Deshaun Jackson, put up big fantasy numbers this week. Uh, I thought that was really impressive. The old guys are getting it done. It's a tough question for you, Tyler, but as a Giants fan, who do you think uh, can Dak Prescott beat Carson Wentz down the uh, down the stretch for the NFC East? Uh, you know what? If, if Dak's playing this good, I, that defense is, is stellar. I think the Cowboys may take the division. Um Carson, you know, he's always has that injury sitting right beside him waiting to happen. And if he goes down, was it Josh McNall coming in? So I'm going to give it to Dallas right now, unfortunately. I suppose the interesting thing about Dallas is that uh, Prescott's trying to get paid. uh, And he's helped immensely by such talent around him. But they are all, you know, they're all a big contracts. And if he has such a successful season, it's going to have to be big changes in Dallas to, to fit everyone in. Exactly. Yeah, I mean... And maybe if he's if he's blowing up like this to get that to get that money, then hey, great for him. If it's just because of his talent, then it's even better. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you can only spend so much money every year. You know, Zeke got fed. One of the linemen got fed. One of the defensive players got their money. So I want to know what Jerry, where's Jerry getting all his money from? <laughs> it's not from just Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll uh, I'll go last uh, last again. But uh, uh, someone you've already mentioned, Larry Fitzgerald, is someone that really caught my eye. Not just because of uh, Kyler Murray, but you know, thinking about how he chose to stay in Arizona and, and go for one more year. Um, once he decided not to retire, he he decided to stay in Arizona and not go somewhere where he might be able to have more chance of winning a title. I mean, he could have ended up in New England. His whole Brown saga doesn't happen, you know. You know, you, you never know, dear. But uh, he stayed, and he was so impressive. He's just still got so much talent. He, he was, they, they looked at him to, for, I think it was 13, 14 targets, something like that. He got over 100 yards, and of course, he's touched down at the end. He's going to be absolutely crucial to the development of, of their young quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's going to have to look for somebody who's steady and constant, and he doesn't drop any passes. So why doesn't Murray, Murray should be targeting him almost 10, 15 times a game because he knows he's going to catch it. You need 10 yards, he's going to get you 15. He's he's that consistent. He's steady. I think he has a, a personal record he's going to go for here soon or getting close in on yards or catches, one of the two. So, yeah, I'm glad he stayed. You know, there's very few guys who stay or they're one team they get drafted by. And, you know, Larry seems to be that one guy, one great guy, left, one of the few left in the league. Um, but, yeah, him and Murray are going to be great this year. I think they need to uh, create a, a- – Jersey like the Browns quarterbacks one of quarterbacks who have thrown to uh, Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. <laughs> yes, because it's getting quite a long list, and with obviously there was uh, Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer aside, there's some quite average names on there, and hopefully uh, Kyler Murray isn't one of them. Yeah, let's hope he sticks for them, hey. Uh, and uh, yeah, just just Fitzgerald's loyalty alone is is just so impressive. Uh, sticking with the. NFC, uh, NFC West, we have a real treat. Uh, Adam has published a fascinating article uh, focusing on the finer details of the pass rush. He was able to speak to several players about the art, and we have an interview with LA Rams pass rusher Samson Ebukam for your listening pleasure. Uh, 
So Rams up until you were drafted weren't really known as major contenders in the in the NFC. Do you think they'll you can handle the uh, the pressure of being favourites next season? We welcome the pressure. We apply it though. We are really fair. Obviously, Sean McVay's a an offensive coach. But mm-hmm. uh, what impact do you think he's had on the defense? A lot, because you don't see a lot of uh, head coaches that know both sides of the ball like he does, and he comes in the meeting and teaches us how to play technique. So I'm just like, I've never seen anything like that. So just to see that he's able to like go back and forth and to retain all that in his in his in his mind like that, that's that's pretty amazing. I gotta tip my hat to him every time. What influence has Wade Phillips had on you as a player? That's a legend. That's a legend <laughs> you're talking about right there, Wade Phillips, man. Like it's, he makes it so easy for you just so that you can like play fast, you know. Like people might think it's complicated, but it's really easy if you just focus on your job with that one time. He makes it a lot of fun for a lot of people and he's calm and he's able to he's very direct at what he wants and like if you do your job you're gonna be successful with him. Mm-hmm. Perfect perfect coach for a young player like yourself oh, to, def- uh, to def- learn. Definitely because like a lot of people don't want that raw raw coach just like as their first like taste of the NFL. And just to have somebody like that that's like a veteran that knows exactly what he uh, what he needs to do just to win because he's been in it 40 years, man. He, he knows exactly what it takes to win. And just to have that opportunity is, is truly a blessing. Tell me about your relationship with Cooper Cup. Obviously, you were you played with him at college and were yeah. drafted the same year from yep. the... Same, same thing that's always happened. You know what I'm saying? He's offense. <laughs> so he gets all the glory. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's definitely awesome just to have uh, somebody like him. And we have, right now, we have a total of five. Uh, Eastern Washington players. We have this younger brother as well, Aaron Neary and Simba Webster. Uh, so definitely it's, it's, it's a whole community over there, just Eastern Washington players, just uh, fiving together and trying to find a way to make that team. You know? Did it help you to acclimatize to the team, all, all of you being from the from the same college, knowing at least Cooper? Anyway? Yeah, I de- uh, yeah, it definitely helped me out because then I knew somebody at least in the team and I know it's definitely helping out uh, the, this year's and uh, having Neary there too, he's been in the league uh, like two more years more than us, uh, just to be able to go uh, for him to, uh, to him for advice and all that is definitely <laughs> So you had quite the uh, quite a game in the, the Chiefs-Rams game with, mm-hmm. a, with a couple of touchdowns. Did the, did the spotlight of, uh, of prime time and it being an international series game help you? I mean, it definitely helped me <laughs> with my brand. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, it's just like people kind of just get on the bandwagon because I've been under the radar a lot. But I'm, I didn't really think about it. I just moved on to the next game. We just needed that dub, and I was able to help out. So it was uh, definitely uh, awesome to be a part of. But, yeah, we had a uh, game the next week anyway, so I wasn't really worried about it. You've, uh, you've drafted or added a couple of uh, superstars in Eric Weddle and, uh, and Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Almost a bit of a dream team assembling in the in Los Angeles at the Rams. Do you Honestly, <laughs> we got we got we got some heat. We got some heat coming for people. Like, yeah. I'm not even gonna lie, we got some heat coming because I don't even know where the, where everything is coming from. And I'm, I usually pride myself in knowing what people around me are doing. But right now, like with all the with the new people that we got in, it's like. It's a whole new defense, honestly. It's more tight-knit than it ever was, so I can't wait to see what we can do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to, to pass rush, I just wanted to know what sort of what you do before the game and before the snap to make sure that you, you're right after the quarterback. Do you try and direct them in one area into one area of the pocket at all, or as a team, obviously? Uh, yeah, we definitely get everything as a team. Like, it's, like as a set, like, whenever you get a set, like it's not just it's not just you just doing all the work, you know, because there's people behind you that's uh that's locking up wide receivers and 
uh, that the, the teammates that you got right next to you are blocking up the visions of the quarterback. So it's okay, so it's all like a team game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Other than if you're Aaron Donald, who just beat the crap out of whoever that's in front of you. Big boy. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, um, I don't really try to think about a way to 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 like get the quarterback in one place because in the league like everything happens so fast so I just gotta watch film early in the league uh, early in the week and just figure out what their tendencies are and then try to find a way to beat them. What are the uh, the key attributes of a, of a quality pass rusher? Speed, and does speed, power, more speed and then more power. <laughs> Just a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's basically you just gotta you gotta you gotta be able to get there fast if the game is speeding up. Yeah. You know. So that's why you see some pass rushers are like it, starting to get smaller a little bit and a little bit quicker and a little bit faster. So. The, the old tweeners that used to uh, used to go a bit under the radar in the draft are now the key pass rushers, aren't uh, they? Yeah, you for need sure, for sure. Need a bit of depth mm -hmm. to make sure that you have a good pass rush throughout the game. Yeah, just to make sure you keep everybody everybody fresh so that you can keep getting after it like a dog, you know. So I think we're going to do a pretty good job of that this year. Cool. Thanks very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, he seems like a really good guy. Adam, uh, could you tell us about your article? Yeah, when the uh, we had the media day for all the London games, uh, you, I noticed a lot of the, <laughs> the, uh, the players were linebacker and defensive end focused you had Mario Addison to, to hit Whitehead Akeem Hicks who was a real pleasure to talk to even though there was uh, there were loads of Vuvuzelas going off at the time uh, and, and obviously Samson Ebukam as well um, and it's just something that I feel like uh, pass rush it, it is talked about but it's never really you, you never really look at it in uh, in great detail it's just uh, looking at sack numbers rather than how the how the sacks created. So I thought um, when you've got a collection of talent uh, like those four guys, let's look into to what they think of getting a bit of a a clinic as to how to um, how to build a good pass rush. You, you have a, a as I said a bit good mix. You've got a defensive tackle um, and an edge rusher and and some line and a couple of linebackers in there. So it was very interesting to get all of their viewpoints on uh, on how to build a a dominant pass rush. Was there anything that reads really, uh, that you found out that really surprised you that was new to you that was uh, you know just uh, well yeah something something new that you learnt there? I guess a, a lot of it was uh, one of the things that it wasn't a, so much a surprise it's just something you don't think about but pass rushers have to be reactive not so much well firstly obviously to um, to get off the snap but they have to be very reactive to what the lineman's giving them because if if you're going to give if you're going to bull rush and there and the lineman is ready for you you need to be able to uh you need to be able to counteract that and it leads quite well into obviously how the how, how you've seen some dominant rushes in college um who have who've come out and everyone thinks they're going to be the next great thing and have flamed out because they they're t used to just beating everyone by by either their speed or just raw athleticism. Once they have to actually start thinking about what they're doing and how they're going and um, watching film and understanding uh, what what the lineman's showing them and getting their tendencies, it was uh, it, it shows how it, it separates the good from the great, really. Uh, thanks for that, Adam. And that is all for this week's show. Thanks to Tyler for joining us. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics we discussed. And, of course, any feedback you might have, you can tweet us at 99yards. Uh, make sure you check out Tyler and his son's podcast as well. Um, 
check out our friends also and, and colleagues publishing articles and podcasting on college football at college chaps and on canadian football at cfl fan uk and of course the unique podcast covering women in the nfl gridiron and wine thanks for listening <laughs>